0: Well, we are so grateful for everyone to be tuning in for our special segment, uh, which we are calling GA Watch, in which we highlight some of the recommendations coming before this year's General Assembly for the Presbyterian Church USA, and we are particularly excited for this segment to be inviting Joyce Radomankai onto the podcast. Joyce, thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you, um, Simon and Lee, for uh, inviting me. Uh, I'm so glad to to be here and to be part of this uh, amazing GA Watch, something that I've never heard before. (laughs) And and, uh, I'm sure it is useful. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you for being with us. Thank you for the work that you are doing for General Assembly. And we do have a question to just send out to our listeners out there And some, sometimes in the Presbyterian Church, we use acronyms. So when we say REAC, which is R-E-A-C, it means Racial Equity Advocacy Committee. So I'm just throwing that out there for people to kind of remember that. We try not to use too many acronyms because it gets kind of confusing, but yeah, it'll be... Good, but here is the question. What are the major recommendations from REAC or the Racial Equity Advocacy Committee related to immigration and immigrant communities for this year's GA? Please tell us why these recommendations are important. So Joyce, the floor is yours.
1: Thank you so much. Being part of the immigrant community and also a member of the REAC um, I am so glad to share with you that REAC has submitted actually in 2020 two resolutions, the uh, major resolutions. The first one is a resolution on chartering immigrant fellowships. And the second one is a resolution on receiving immigrant pastors as members of the presbytery. So um, I would like to share with you Uh, why we submitted the resolution on receiving immigrant pastors as members of the presbytery. Because in the uh, immigrant community, especially for those in in fellowship status, uh, unchartered church, most of us, almost all of us meet um, and worship in our own languages. So it is important for us to have pastors that really, you know, um, have speak our language. And typically we would, uh, being Indonesian, we invite or we select pastors from Indonesia and, and to come and serve us. And I belong to the Emmanuel Indonesian Presbyterian Church here in Maryland where we have been a fellowship for 17 years. So I'll, I'll be uh, using my experience with that particular fellowship to, to share to share and to give you some, some background on, on also on why this resolution came up. Pastors from uh, Indonesia, for instance, when we uh, invite them, you know, I have a hard time, you know, passing the exam of the presbytery and in in, in this case, the national capital presbytery also has a very high sort of standard uh, in terms of receiving. And this is is a problem because without a leader, there is no way we could come out of the the hole as a a fellowship. Um, And the pastor that speak the language could, you know, help us and make us understand how how, um, you know, what the PCUSA believes, what we believe as part of PCUSA, and let us grow. So what we have seen is that the presbytery has no flexibility in terms of, or, or no strategy in, term, in terms of welcoming pastors from countries that are here. In my opinion, you know, we, we select pastor based on what denomination ordained them, right? So, in for instance, in Indonesia, we have the uh, uh, Indonesian Council of Churches, and Indonesian Council of Churches recognize denominations or like quote unquote presbyteries in Indonesia, and that that are reform or Protestants. So, those pastors who have been ordained by those by those denominations or presbytery. They, you know, they are actually, um, in our view, as as the church, they are uh, qualified and to be recognized as the pastor. I am not recommending, like, you know, just taking a pastor from any, you know, from anything, but refer to and work together with the the council of churches in the country, and. The same as their seminaries, the Council of Churches has a list of seminaries that they recognize. So if those churches, you know, those pastors who graduated from that, those seminaries, uh, then they should have an, a, 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 an easier access to be part of the, uh, the presbytery. Of course, there are a lot, there are a number of differences because there are certain things that The denomination over there, uh, the practices are are slightly different. For instance, in Indonesia, children who have not been confirmed are not allowed to take communion. But but those are things that could be adjusted. These are not major things. The major problem is actually not, not necessarily theological differences, but it's the language. You know, we're looking for someone who is fluent in Bahasa, but English is not a common, not a common language um, in Indonesia. I mean, uh, and it is not like someone that, someone that come from the Philippines, for instance, whose whose English is already, you know, English is used on a day-to-day basis. So I think that that is the challenge that the pastors are, are faced. Uh, now, for as long as the pastors are not recognized or, or not given the opportunity to be part of the presbytery, then obviously the congregation is also not having access to, to the door. The, the second resolution about chartering immigrant fellowship is that uh, what we have seen that there is no structure or no a standardized process are no steps. And, and it keeps us circling around. I mean, for 17 years, my church has been a fellowship and continue to be a fellowship. And it is very sad and hurtful because I am an elder in, the, in that church and we follow the book of order as much as we could. Uh, and I serve as a rolling, ruling elder, now I'm, I'm an elder. But then when we go outside, I'm not even recognized as a member of the PCUSA. And that to me was shocking because, you know, I had been very active and suddenly, oh, I realized that I'm actually outside the denomination. So then uh, the, the, the church needs to be um, chartered before we are recognized as a church. Now, I know it is very important to have vote and voice, but above all, we want to be a church, as we are a church, we want to be recognized as a church. It's very sad when somebody said, oh, uh, she's part of the fellowship, so she's not an elder. Excuse me. <laughs> I am an elder, my friends who are an elder elders. We do things that you know the, the white congregation, our local congregations are doing as an elder. But for so long we've been struggling about that. So I personally decided after nine years serving as a, a unrecognized elder, I just decided to just join a local church. And I joined a local church and then a year after they invited me to serve as their elder. So now I am a ruling elder of the Clifton Presbyterian Church near my house. Does one have to go through that in order to be recognized? For instance, in order for me to to serve in a REAC uh, and now I'm serving in A Corp board uh, as a member of A Corp board. Uh, but, you know, in the, in the real day-to-day life, you know, I am like, feel like I'm taken away from my Indonesian church because one cannot, you know, cannot serve the same way or, you know, as, as much as we want two different churches in two different states. So, you know, I think there are many ways to do it. And I think if the if uh, General Assembly would Agree to like you know have a a standardized process and 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 came up with some tools and some steps some advice guidance. In the Presbytery uh, here the National Capital Presbytery we are looking into giving fellowship three options if the fellowships prefer to be to continue to be. Just a you know new new worshiping com- community for now, then they would go to the track of new worshiping uh, community. If they want to be chartered, then they will be guided to be chartered. Or ideally, if if they are um, they want to learn more, then they could nest. They can be a nesting church, like Indonesian congregation within a local church, a local charter church and learn from that church, the pastor and the pastor, the session and the session, mentoring each other. And then eventually that local church, the home church would be the one to help put forward this fellowship and nurture the fellowship so that that fellowship could then be chartered. So if, 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 if that, those three options are made available, it, with mentoring, uh, with an organizing pastor helping through the the discernment of the fellowship and make that make one of those decisions, I think that would be fantastic. I think this is uh, this this would be excellent. The reason why the resolution is that because we had witnessed that there are so many fellowships like going through the circle, going back. I mean, my church has been in fellowship for 17 years and there's no way out. Until recently, my presbytery is now providing coaches and mentors to help uh, our fellowships to make that discernment and eventually make the decisions soon.
2: Yeah, that's, you know, we often don't have these conversations up front and we often, many people in this denomination may not even know that this is happening. And so, I am very grateful that you are here with us to tell the people because this goes out to, this goes out into the world. Um, and I hope that during this general assembly, we will start to have deep conversations about how we do. You know, live into this message that we often say we're a welcoming and an affirming congregations and denomination. And how do we really kind of like play that out in action and in policy, mainly in action? But we hope the policy does spur action. So we are very grateful for you. And for the work that REAC is doing, and that is the Racial Equity Advocacy Committee. Yeah, I think, Simon, you might can uh, speak to this. We will have links and stuff to this on yep. um, the show notes and things like that.
0: Yes, we'll have links to the recommendations that Joyce mentioned in the show notes.
1: Yes, thank you. I, may I just add one quick item? Yes.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: an element that, you know, we also realize is about language, mm. Right. You see in the today's announcement that you know there was an announcement about the manager for global language uh, resources. Yeah, uh,
2: we're FN. so excited.
1: Yes, yes, uh, we are also excited. But for as long as this denomination and as as a Matthew twenty five church uh, consider language as administrative, as operations, we will not go anywhere because you know we could only we have so many languages that we are concerned about so many people that we want to embrace but if this con- uh, this church considers language as the work of evangelism it will open up the door that you know for instance um, at the National Indonesian Presbyterian Council we voluntarily, Uh, translate the book of order into Indonesian language because you know how could one make a a decision to join the PCUSA or to understand how it works without knowing the language without reading this understanding the book of order or book of confessions and we do the the translation of the devotional every year the advent and uh, length but I think we have the power of volunteers that work, serve as a way to serve our Lord. And, you know, I I know certain people will have to be staffed and paid, but, you know, our church would not have gone and would not have been able to do what we do without these volunteers. And, you know, language be part of our evangelism. And let language be open to the ones who want to volunteer to translate, and for the ones who will receive them and grow within the denomination. Thank you. Sorry. I,
2: no, I that was great. Yeah,
0: absolutely. We are so grateful for you to for emphasizing that because even as we think about you know this very resolution that is being this recommendation from React on on PC Biz which is where all of the recommendations coming before the assembly are housed those are only translated into english spanish and korean yeah. and there are many yeah. immigrant you know immigrant presbyterians immigrant congregations and immigrant communities that yeah. if english is not their first language they won't even know that this recommendation is coming forward to help advocate for for people like them so i think it just speaks even more so to the need for that inclusion and that accessibility if we are to be you know, the church and uh, to be there for all of our, our siblings all over the world and from all sorts of places. So we are so grateful to the work that you do and the work okay. of React, and okay. we pray that this uh, overture is seriously considered by commissioners at this year's general assembly and joyce thanks again for coming on the podcast thank
1: you so much for the opportunity i am really um grateful
2: yeah thank you so much and y'all listening check out pcbiz we'll put the link in there and you can check out this uh resolution and others that are coming before the general assembly so check it out thank you So thanks again for listening to another episode of G-A-Watt. And if you want to know more about what's going on at G-A, if you want to know about other overtures and resolutions, check out pcbiz.org. That's pc b-i-z org and there you can find all the things you need about the 225th general assembly and again we are also dropping episodes every thursday still and so check those out subscribe to the podcast leave us a review we would love to hear from you and if you have a question send it a fake podcast at pcusa.org. until thursday we will talk to you then so until then